that time of the afternoon where we welcome in Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald and, uh, of course, the Sunday footy show. Hello, Michael. Hey, boys. How are we? Mate, very well. Is that the first time you've heard the Up the Waz song, Champion? <laughs> I heard the Up the Paz version originally yeah. when they started mocking uh, the Warriors last week. It caused an uproar out here. I can tell you that much. Matt Cameron was forced to apologise to the, the Warriors for... Uh, look, it, it was quite funny, but the fact that the Penrith Panthers put it out on their official page didn't go down well with some people. I must admit, I thought that was just a bit of fun. I, I didn't understand why they had to apologise, but anyway, that's just me. Maybe I, I, maybe there are sensitive it's the people. It's the world we live in, Levy. Oh, like, <laughs> seriously? Anyway, I know. Let's, let's move on. Michael, um, what's the latest with this breach notice that was handed to the Cowboy star Valentine Holmes, who will be convicted, you would think, of stupidity? Yeah, well, there's a couple of days to go. As part of the new rules in the CBA now, so they don't actually advertise what the, the breach notice is. So we haven't been been made aware of what Valentine Holmes is facing. He has five days to respond to that breach notice before the NRL unveil what it is. Now, it's my understanding that Valentine Holmes is going to accept what was passed on to him from the NRL. He's not going to fight the breach or look for a, a lesser punishment. What that punishment is, I believe it's probably going to be two games, boys. Uh, I don't know if that one game will be suspended, but it'll definitely be around the two-game mark, and that'll then it'll be determined or not whether or not the Australian games will count towards it if he gets picked in the squad. So um, the Cowboys probably could have him back for round one, regardless of whether or not he... Uh, well, because under the rules of the NRL, if you get suspended by the judiciary or the match review committee then the test matches count. I'm just not quite sure whether or not the NRL will deem the test matches worthy of counting towards a an off-field misdemeanour. So, yeah, it'll be a couple of games and it'll be a fine around that twenty to 30000 mark. It'll be a percentage of his salary. So quite a whack for, as you said, a moment of stupidity from Valentine Holmes. Uh, I, I read on the breach notice, so under the new collective bargaining agreement, is this... Is this the go now? So we won't find out what the actual penalty is until the player himself or herself responds to the breach notice. Is that how it's going to work? Is it? That's right. That's okay. right. They don't want the players to be. Yeah, you know, they don't want the public finding out. I'm not sure the reasoning behind it. Uh, but you know, we all people in the game talk, and yeah, you know, it's not that hard to work out what yeah. is going to be. And I don't know. This is just the RLPA trying to protect the players. I imagine the, the reason behind it, but. I think, they need to, I think they need to pack their phones away if they want to protect themselves. I don't yeah, think exactly. announcing a, a breach notice is going to do anything. Yeah. Mate, Penrith playing at a core stadium, playing the Storm on Friday, is that something that's created a few problems? Yeah, was, last week they announced the NRL. It was a to-be-confirmed venue. So the, the Panthers wrote to the NRL saying, our preference is to play our game, a preliminary final game, at a core stadium. Now, the NRL wanted to actually play if they through the Melbourne Storm. They wanted to play that at Combank Stadium. Now, the NRL has obviously listened to the Penrith Panthers and changed their minds and given them a core stadium, which is definitely the Penrith's preference. They want to play at a core stadium where they've had plenty of success and obviously where they will have to win a grand final if they win this week against the Storm. So they got their way in the end of Penrith Panthers. But I get the NRL's logic. Playing at a Combank Stadium, a sellout crowd, it looked great on television. I think they're now backing themselves to try and get more than 30,000 at a core stadium, which they might do. But the problem, unfortunately, in our all face with the Penrith fans is a lot of the Panthers fans can see themselves in the big one already and saving their money for for the decider rather than spending their money on, the, on a prelim. But for those who go to both, if they do make it, then uh, I think they'll probably just get a tick over 30,000 this week. It's really interesting, Michael, because, um, you know... <laughs> 
the Panthers obviously had the preference to play at a core stadium, but then there's a story that's popped up this afternoon by Dean Bulldog Richie at the Telegraph that says that the Panthers boss Brian Fletcher has called on the NRL to shift all preliminary finals to neutral venues amid fears Brisbane is gaining an unfair advantage in this Saturday night's preliminary final. While the NRL finals format has been locked in all season, Panthers fans have flooded social media asking why their side's grand final qualifier has been moved 41 kilometres down Sydney's M4 to a core stadium, while Brisbane will contest their grand final qualifier at Suncorp Stadium, their home ground. Well, I think the answer's pretty simple, isn't it, Michael? There's only one major stadium in Brisbane, and that is Suncorp Stadium. And with all due respect to Brian Fletcher, who's one of the leading administrators in their game, in the game, well, one week your Panthers can't say, well, we want to we want to play it at a core stadium, and then the following week say they should be played at neutral venues. I mean, Brisbane should be allowed to host the game at Suncorp, given it's a, a ground that can host 50,000 people, and I'm sure Brian Fletcher would want as many fans as possible to be able to watch the Panthers, them uh, playing at a core stadium. You with me? Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I love Fletcher, but I was, I was out of shocker there today, because what, I don't know what he wants. He wants Brisbane to play it at the Gabba for the sake of not getting an advantage that he wanted to come to Sydney. I don't think that's good for the game at all. And nah. if Penrith had a stadium that fitted 30,000, 35,000 people and they were playing the Storm this week, I can guarantee you where they'd be playing their game. And that would be at the venue that they had if they had a stadium that fit the capacity. So reality is, yeah, 20,000 is not enough for a preliminary final. You'd be locking people out the door. Yeah. The same argument for probably Combank. You'd lock in some people out the door there if you had 30,000. But and, and, you, and you can't play it at the Gabba next Saturday because the Brisbane Lions are playing an AFL um, preliminary final. Oh, there. So, anyway, it's, I, I, I've got to be honest. When I, when I saw the story pop up today, I thought, oh, come on, Fletch. That's that's a bit ridiculous. But anyway, and Fletch knows I love him. I've known him a long time, as have uh, Davey and, and, and the boys. But, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Anyway, Piggy, what do you Yeah, got? Michael, what about the West Tigers and their search for a uh, new general manager of football? What's that up to? Yeah, the, the reports during the week of the Telegraph that they had, had had conversations with Peter Parr up at the Newcastle Knights about joining the club. There's been other, you know, the club has obviously been on the lookout for the last month uh, in terms of a, a general manager, given that the role was last filled by Tim Sheens before he moved into the, the coaching position. And they informed him a couple of weeks ago that he would not be uh, heading back to that general manager's role and his time at the club would be ending. Uh, my understanding is there's going to be a recommendation put forward for Mark O'Neill for the club to continue to pursue. Mark O'Neill, obviously, former player, spent some time at the club as an administrator as well, but moves on to Parramatta Eels, where he's now the general manager of the club at the Eels. And has done a pretty good job with Brad Arthur in, in rebuilding that roster and creating what is a pretty competitive football team over the last five years, despite them missing the, the eight this year. So I, I think over the next week, things will heat up with Mark O'Neill, whether or not he wants to return to the Tigers, where obviously he played his a lot of all of his football, I think. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for Paramount, uh, the Tigers because the relationship with him and Benji Marshall that's pivotal in all this. They want to put people around Benji that he can trust. They've put Chris Hines in an assistant coaching role. They've elevated him. Robbie Farrell's obviously there, and John Morris they've brought into the club who also has a relationship with Benji Marshall that goes back a long time. So there are people at that club who are making sure that Benji gets the men around him that he can trust and build a team around going forward. And Mark O'Neill, with the roster that they've been able to develop at Parramatta, has shown that you know, he's more than capable of, of that role for what he's done for the Eels. Wow. Good luck, Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I don't think they need to put people around Benji who he can trust. I think they need to put people around Benji who can help him uh, because the West Tigers need all the help they can get. But anyway, we'll wait and see what happens there. You're a good man, Michael. You enjoy your Sunday, buddy, and we'll catch up soon. No worries. Thanks, boys.